0: And welcome to a new episode of Doctor Who, Panel to Panel. This is Jeremy Bent, your host, welcoming you to episode 168 of Panel to Panel. I apologize if I sound a little bit under the weather, a little bit off, because I am under the weather. Um, I have a cold, so my head's a little stuffy, my nose a little um, plugged up. So if I don't sound my normal self, that would be why, but I hope you enjoy this episode and bear along with me as I uh, present it to you. Here's what we have going on this episode. Here's the rundown. We're going to start out like we always do, by checking out Doctor Who comic news and seeing what is new in the in the world of Doctor Who comics. And then we're going to do a couple reviews. We're going to do recent reviews. We're going to open the Bandorica on both Liberation of the Daleks Part 12. This is the most recent part of that story arc uh, from Doctor Who magazine issue number 595. And then we're also going to take a look at the most recent comic from Titan Comics, and we have Doctor Who, which is Doomsday number 2. This is the second half of that story, their contribution to the big multimedia story event that the BBC is putting out. So we're going to take a look at that. And then in our feature section, our feature interview section, I had the extreme pleasure of once again chatting with somebody who uh, is a huge Doctor Who fan, somebody who was supposed to have a Doctor Who uh, graphic novel come out or a comic come out a year ago, but it got pushed back due to uh, timing uh, ideas since it's a 10th Doctor story and we have the 14th Doctor coming up here in another uh, month or so or a couple months Dan Slott, somebody who's known for writing Spider-Man, Silver Surfer Fantastic Four, Iron Man lots and lots of Marvel comics Uh, he is joining me on this episode to talk about his work on this Doctor Who story his love of Doctor Who his love of the story that he wanted to tell and I got an advanced copy, I got a PDF copy from Titan Comics and I can tell you This story is is great. It's it's amazing. I really enjoyed it. I loved it. You can definitely tell not only Dan's love of Doctor Who, but also Christopher Jones and Matthew Dow Smith and Mike Collins, their love of the character and their love of the mythos of Doctor Who. You don't want to miss out on this hardcover graphic novel, so make sure you order your copy from Amazon or wherever you get your uh, comics. Don't miss out on this. It comes out in October, and Dan... Uh, took time out of his very busy schedule. He is constantly doing stuff to chat with me about this uh, this story. So I hope you enjoy this this episode of Dr. Who Panel to Panel. As I always say when I begin one of these episodes, I thank you very much for downloading this episode and taking time to listen to it. I hope you enjoy what you hear. Um, I want to tell you that there's other ways of listening to this podcast. If you've missed previous episodes, you can find the most recent uh, past episodes on your Favorite podcast feed, whether it be iTunes or whatever, um, but you can also find older episodes right from episode two uh, if you go to archive.org and do a search for Jeremy Bement or Doctor Who panel to panel. You can find all the previous episodes as easy to download MP3 files that you can put on your computer, copy onto your phone, your listening device, and listen to them whenever you want. Lots of really good content on there. Pay no attention to me and my reviews and stuff, but there's lots of interviews from Doctor Who comic creators from the past, from the present, that are, I think they're timeless interviews, ones that you can always listen to and and learn more about that particular person. So please do me a favor and download those from archive.org. If you could also do me a favor and check out my Patreon page, which is at patreon.com/slash Doctor Who Panel to Panel, all one word. Uh, I have some incentives there for people to uh, get. If you support the podcast, you know you can donate as little as a dollar. Uh, sorry, this is where I sound like a public television station. Please contribute to help me keep the lights on and keep us, and keep me. Uh, coming up with new fun episodes to present to you for a dollar a month. You can help support me and help pay the, you know, the costs that are incurred for a couple dollars or more. You can get, uh, access to episodes that are just the interviews. Whenever I do an an episode that has a special interview, such as this one with Dan slot, um, you can get it on the, uh, Patreon. If you contribute $5 or more a month, if I remember right, um, Some people just like listening to interviews And don't want to listen to me droll on and on about stuff So please do me a favor And check out patreon.com Slash Doctor Who panel to panel And uh, help me pay my bills One other thing I want to mention real quick Before we head on into this episode is DoctorWhoComics.com That is my website for all things Doctor Who comic related Whenever there's uh, Doctor Who comic news That I find out about I try to post it on there and it's not just Doctor Who comic news. It might be animated uh, releases coming out on Blu-ray or DVD. It may be uh, Magic the Gathering Doctor Who cards that uh, they released some some art from or people have teased some cards. Um, whatever you, you find on there, uh, there's lots of Doctor Who comic and Doctor Who art-related stuff. So please do me a favor and check out DoctorWhoComics.com. And now with that out of the way, let's jump into this episode. In Doctor Who comic news and Doctor Who comic-related news for this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel, there's not too much in way of like news, news, so we're just going to look at the calendar and uh, let me fill you in on what has come out and what will be coming out. Let's start off with the month of September. We're going to look back a couple weeks to Thursday, September 14th. That is when Doctor Who Magazine issue number 595 came out uh, digitally and over in the UK. I hope you grabbed that issue. It was a really good issue. Uh, with Jason Quinn as the new editor of the magazine. And then we're going to jump ahead uh, to October, because that's kind of it for the month of September. We're going to take a look at Tuesday, October 3rd. That is when Wizards of the Coast is going to debut their Doctor Who Magic the Gathering set. I'm not exactly sure what that entails as far as debuting. I'm guessing that might be when they release like the Commander decks, uh, just to kind of wet people's appetites for for the doctor who set coming out so we will definitely be uh, checking that out and telling you more about that closer to the that time and then jumping ahead a week uh, the week of thursday october 12th is going to be big because on thursday october 12th doctor who magazine issue number 596 will be released digitally and also in the uk And then the following day on Friday the 13th, kind of ominous there, but that is when the official launch of the Doctor Who Magic the Gathering cards comes out. That will definitely be when you can get Commander decks, when you can get all the booster packs. And good luck everybody trying to complete a set of the cards. I know a lot of people that are fans of Doctor Who art will probably not buy the Magic cards to actually play the game, but just to collect the artwork. So... Um, And I know that's easier said than done. Some of those cards are really hard to come by. So I think I'm going to buy some just for the sake of having some in my collection, but I'm not going to go whole hog on it. But it should be uh, a a fun time. Uh, Definitely some amazing artwork. So make sure you check that out on Friday the 13th. Jumping ahead a couple weeks then after that, we will take a look at Tuesday, October 24th. That is when the Dan Slott hardcover Once Upon a Time Lord comes out. gets its official release. I'm believing most comic shops will have it on Wednesday the 25th. So make sure you check that out. And one last thing I wanted to bring up. Jumping ahead to uh, Doctor Who's Anniversary on Thursday, November 23rd. Over in the UK, that is when the Rose Oversized Coffee Table Hardcover Target Novelization with artwork by Robert Hack will be coming out. I know the Doctor Who and the Daleks book. I still have it sitting on my shelf. I need to sit down and actually read it. i flipped through it numerous times just to look at his amazing artwork. But the Rose hardcover that's coming out will definitely not, be, will not disappoint anybody who's a fan of Doctor Who artwork. And it's definitely, if you have a coffee table and need a book to put on it, this is a perfect one to let people know you're a Doctor Who fan and you know a good story and good artwork when you see it. So there you go. There's all the releases I can come up with at this point in time. So um, that's it for Doctor Who Comic News. Let's get into a couple reviews. <coughs> it's time to open the Pandorica on another Doctor Who comic strip, a brand new one. This time around, we're going to take a look at Part 12 of Liberation of the Daleks. The strip is written by Alan Barnes with art by Lee Sullivan. Coloring by James O'Freddie. Lettering by Roger Langridge and Marcus Hearn is the editor. This is in the new Doctor Who magazine ish number 595, and it's another uh, part in the this ongoing story or almost finished story of uh, liberation of the Daleks with the 14th Doctor. This strip starts out with Georgie sacrificing herself to try to stop the Daleks from coming through and um, uh, taking over or, or conquering all, and uh, the Doctor is trying to uh, stop the Daleks from, or the fake Daleks from becoming real. Uh, Georgine, the the realistic um, character, enlists uh, Claire and Claudine, the two human apes that are work for her in this Dalek world, to uh, help her go stop the Daleks and find the doctor. <coughs> and... Uh, the Daleks are going to try to stop them, but uh, the her chief of of the Dalek world jumps forward to to stop the Daleks so they can escape. meanwhile, the the um, creatures that the Daleks are using to calculate make the calculations to create the gate which the the fake Daleks or the virtual Daleks can become real um, have made their calculations, and the the doctors, trying to figure out a way to stop them. And that is when Georgine and uh, her crew in tow come crashing through to stop the Daleks. And the doctor and uh, Georgine and um, the, the, the other two um, are able to take a, a glove, a, a, trans, a porting glove, and use it to port all four of them away from the, uh, from the Daleks. They start doing kind of short hops through the Dalek worlds, to to escape and that is where we come to the climax of the story or the the cliffhanger of the story so and there you have it that's basically the synopsis that's the review or the the, the review of the story um, my review of the story is it's another part of this story um, it's only six pages long and kind of like I've, I've alluded to all throughout the reviews of all these parts I think once the story is finished and it's collected together into a, a graphic novel, it will be a really fun story to read going through. Um, as as parts go, to me it seems kind of choppy, and just as you're getting ramped up for something to happen, that's when it's time to end the story and wait for the next issue. That being said, however, Alan Barnes' story I think is a lot of fun for, for what it is, and once again, I think it's going to be a really good story once I read it all in one Fell swoop. Lee Sullivan's artwork, um, something seemed a little bit off a couple times during uh, looking through this. It almost looks like he was kind of reaching the deadline and had to rush a little bit here and there to make sure he, he met his deadline to get this, this part of the strip done for the issue for its release. Uh, the final page though is really spectacular. It was like he spent a lot of time on that and, um, Wow, it's it would be a great page of original art tone. So anyway, um, it, was, it was a fun story It is what it is, and um, I think you'll enjoy it So make sure you pick up the new issue of Doctor Who Magazine
1: Exterminate.
0: We're going to leave the Pandorica open for another segment We are going to take a look at another new comic that came out just recently This is Doctor Who Doomsday Comic Part 2 um, This is Doomsday Part 2 from Titan Comics This is the continuation of the multimedia uh, doomsday story that's been going on over audios and books and uh, comics. And this is uh, Titan's contribution. This story was written by Jody Houser, with art by Roberta Ingranata, coloring by Warnia K. Sahadwa, lettering by Richard Starkings and comic craft's Jimmy Bentoncorp, and Jake Devine is the group editor. Uh, I'm going to read the previously because... One, i will kind of get you up to speed as to what happened in the first issue. And two, I think this is a really good summation of what this whole Doomsday story is about. Doom is currently traversing all of time and space in pursuit of the Doctor, who is the only one who can save her from the ever-approaching death. Instead, she's found Missy, a morally ambiguous Time Lord posing as the Doctor, who has taken it upon herself to stop Doom's killing spree. Or is she just after the perpetual topaz, Doom stole before she had the chance to? With Missy hot on her tr- on her tail, Doom has less than 24 hours to save herself before her fate is sealed forever. So basically, Doom is trying to find the doctor in hopes of having the doctor save her from death. Um, the first issue was basically just uh, Doom and Missy running around. Um, Doom kind of has... Uh, this device that tells her where to go to try to track down the doctor, and she's on this this wild goose chase, and Missy is now following along because she is pretending to be the doctor, and she's kind of miffed at Doom for not believing that she's the doctor for one, but also Doom has this perpetual topaz, uh, this world-ending device that she has gotten before Missy had a chance to. This part of the story has them leaping to um, the Canis Major Overdensity Convention Center and Resort. Uh, this is where Doom is going. It's basically a convention of people who love things about the Earth. It's a, a New World convention. So Doom and uh, Missy have both ended up there. Doom crashes the convention, and she is... Um, trying to find, uh, yet another, well, she's trying to find the doctor, but she's also trying to find something else that she's looking for a device that she can use in her plan to, to find the doctor or to destroy something, or it's kind of hard to tell. Anyway, um, they end up going and kind of sneaking into this bookshop where somebody has come along to destroy all the books. It's somebody who, uh, is from a society that believes that, if you destroy all the books and all the knowledge, it kind of wipes things from existence. And um, basically, Missy is able to stop the person who is out to destroy the books. Doom is able to escape with the item that she was looking for, the special book she's looking for. And they go on their merry way. That leads them to um, the, their last stop, which is um, a, a planet a dying world, the name Long Forgotten and where they encounter this gentleman who is the last of his kind. He's the last of his race, and he is out to leave his mark on the universe to show that his race did not die uh, in vain and get wiped out in vain. So um, that's kind of where this story ends, is with the Missy and Doom sitting there with this gentleman, basically just kind of talking about, what he's going to do and how Missy's going to stop him and how she needs to prove that she's the doctor by stopping him without actually killing him. And that leads into kind of a fun page or so of Missy coming up with different ideas and going, oh, that's not going to work too much blood. No, it involves killing him, blah, blah, you know, that kind of thing. Um, meanwhile, by the time it's all said and done, Doom is able to escape. Um, Missy still hasn't proven that she's the doctor. Um, Doom has kind of figured that out anyway. And um, the doom story continues. So that's kind of the end of that issue. Um, this this issue and this two- part story I thought were okay. Um, I I was hoping for more from this kind of multimedia story, at least the parts that I read, the comics, but it's they when they create a multimedia story like this, they want you to to partake in all of it and to, to read all the parts and um, listen to the audios and read the books and play the game and, and yada yada. But for just reading the comics, which is the part that I'm interested in, of course, being a Doctor Who comics fan, um, I, I thought the story was serviceable, but at the same time, you didn't get a lot out of it. It was just kind of a, a, a runaround that had really no ending, no big conclusion. So I thought Jody Hauser's story was was serviceable it was fine roberta and Granada's artwork is great like it always is and um that's about it so there's my review of doomsday number two
2: you
1: will be
0: dan slot welcome back to doctor who panel the panel it is always a pleasure to talk to you my friend it i am now officially warped warped in awesome and and we can officially say that your your uh your annual slash special slash hardcover graphic novel once upon a time Lord has an official release date
2: oh my God yes <laughs> after after all this time it's been it's been bouncing around the time vortex
0: <laughs> well it's, I, I I think
2: it's crazy the, <laughs> it is it's, and I think a lot of people. Okay. It was done, like, over a year ago. It was uh, – but there's this thing, like, uh, when I when I work on a comic, you always want to tweak one more thing or fiddle with it one bit. Uh, when I was working on She-Hulk, I remember uh, I said to my editor, Tom Brevoort, like, I know how to fi- fix, like, this issue, this specific issue. And he was like, that issue's in print, man. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I know how to fix it now. And he's like, oh, you're killing me. You are killing me. So, um, so this, like, we did some, um, we did some, like, last, you know, not last minute, we did like tweaks over time where I'm like, I've never really been happy with that line. I'm going to fine tune it. (laughs) And what a joy that's been to have like a year to go. oh, I caught one more typo. That would have driven me crazy. Let's fix that. So, uh, so
0: is this is this something that kind of happened off and on over you know months or so? Would you happen to to go back to the script or go back to the the pages and look at them and go, nope, I don't think that word's right. I should change that and to a but.
2: It, yes and god bless my my uh, editor jake i d- he did not want to kill me so but yeah no i it's it's doctor who and it's my first doctor who of course i'm going to obsess over it and i'm going to reread it and i'm so happy with it uh i i could not be happier and especially because of that that fine tuning time that i'm like oh yes good now cuz uh the main reason it got pushed back was you know, all the announcements came out and Titan was like, well, if there's going to be David Tennant specials coming up, we want this thing to come out near the specials. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It'll do better. And I'm like that, that makes absolute sense. So that's why it kind of bounced around a little, especially at the end. I like that. There are people like Titan doing things where they, they show they are physically holding the book. Like it's done. (laughs) you know like here's uh-huh. a hard copy yeah.
0: of it it's actually printed and here it is
2: uh speaking it of is.
0: hardcover i i'm this question is kind of more of a I guess a marketing or more for the for titan themselves but originally it was supposed to be like an eight dollar uh like a prestige it, book or an, an annual why was the change to a, a hardcover like a graphic novel
2: i have zero idea why that happened uh <laughs> I was not brought in on that, uh, and it's jacked up the price. So, yeah, well, uh, Okay, let me, me you ask you this
0: then. Were, were you happy
2: to, to hear that it became a hardcover? Um, the geek in me was, because it makes it a Doctor Who annual. Uh-huh, that's true. That the, the Doctor Who annuals of old were hardcovers. Uh, so this is like real old school. Uh, there, there's a part of me that is like, one of the, the thing I'm happiest about for this thing bumping a year is you always have to for Doctor Who match the logo to the current series. Uh-huh. So the original logo that was going to be on the covers uh, was the 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 thirteenth Doctor logo. Yeah, and for me that felt wrong. Um, when you read the stories, there's two stories in the issue and I don't want to do spoilers, but there's a reason why you get certain logos on the interior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that. Uh, the, we, we really geeked out over all of this. Um, but what I really love now is that the diamond anniversary logo, that's the logo when I started watching Dr. Who. Sure. So to see that on the book is like, oh, that makes me giddy. <laughs> that it's, it's got the, it's got the doctor who logo I grew up with. Uh-huh. So I'm like, this whole thing has become a, it, it really is a dream come true scenario. Cause, um, you know, he's, he's in my top five, the, sure. the like for fictional characters I've always wanted to write.
1: Uh, uh-huh.
2: uh, he's, he's in there. So it's like, Oh, Oh, I scratched that itch. <laughs> um, I had a whenever I, I grew up reading the uh, Dave Gibbons Doctor Who comics, sure. and you know I I grew up watching you know Tom Baker on PBS. Mm-hmm. So I, I I've been like a diehard die Doctor Who fan, a huge Whovian most of my life. Um, oh, where am I going with this? Uh, for for, for me to every. Like I've been very, you know, I I haven't hidden this, <laughs> I've yeah. worn this on my sleeve, and whenever I'd go to London uh, to visit friends or family or do a convention, um, Titan would take me out to dinner, and they would go, "How would you like to do some Doctor Who comics?" And I, it would it would rip out my heart. I would just be like, "I can't. I'm exclusive with Marvel." Uh huh. I've been exclusive with Marvel since uh, 2004.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time.
2: Yeah, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I would go to Marvel and go, guys, the main reason you put me on exclusive, the reason why Marvel puts people on exclusive and DC puts on exclusive is that so Coke doesn't work for Pepsi and Pepsi doesn't work for Coke. Sure. And a lot of other creators – they get grandfathered into their, their contracts. Oh, I'm working on this project for Boom. Or I do this book for Dark Horse or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, And they get to work for guys that aren't DC. Yeah. And I'm like, this is Titan. Guys, let me do a Doctor Who comic. And they'd be like, Dan, do you like working for Marvel? <laughs> <sighs> so I'd, I'd get really frustrated about that. And I would have this talk with them every time my contract came up for renewal because I, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. on like dinner number 12 with Titan. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, please can I have a carve out for doctor who just one comic a year? Uh-huh. And they're like, no. And then one year I had a ludicrous amount of leverage for reasons I can't get into. And I was like, Okay, I would like to put these things in my contract. And we would be arguing about stuff. And at one point they went, uh at, at one point, um uh they went uh I'm sorry, the phone call popped up. Yeah. out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at one point uh they were like, Okay, you can do the Doctor Who comment. You can do it, you can do one a year and i immediately like raced over to Titan, and i was like i can do doctor who for you now <laughs> and they said i can do what a year but they didn't say how big so i'd like to do a triple size story um <laughs> uh, yeah i at marvel they let me um get my yayas out by doing uh silver surfer with mike allred and laura allred sure and it was a thinly veiled uh, we we were always straight up and you know totally honest about it. It was it was mm-hmm. me doing Doctor Who style stories. Sure, I
0: remember ta- when we first talked. Uh, we had talked about the fact that your Silver Surfer one was basically you doing Doctor Who stories.
2: Yeah, it, it was it was very much uh, Tom Brevoort, and not uh, Tom Brevoort and me going. What if we rebooted Silver Surfer the way Russell T Davies rebooted Doctor Who? Mm -hmm. You know, like what if it's the story about silver surfer gaining a human companion? Um, I have given like copies of silver surfer comics to so many, uh, people in front of and behind the camera at Dr. Who, it is ludicrous. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I wrote this, please like it. Uh (laughs) Uh, One of the most surreal moments for me was, um, I'd I'd gotten copies of it to David Tennant, and I was doing a convention, my first convention, where he was there. Okay. Um, And I go into the green room to get a thing of water, and I turn around and and there at this table right next to me was David Tennant and Billy Piper having a coffee. Mm -hmm. And David Tennant looked up and went, Dan. Because he met me at Marvel where uh-huh. I, was, I got the stuff. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, and I, I said I had I had comics to give to Billy. um, And he's like, oh, just do it now. Do it now. So I gave her uh, some Silver Surfer trades and some issues. And uh-huh. David Tennant was tapping the top of the first Silver Surfer trade and going to Billy Piper. Oh, you have to read this. You're really going to like it. There's a lot of rows in this character, Dawn. And I'm like, uh, That's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, keep it all inside. Keep it all inside. Uh-huh. Like, yep. play, calm, worst, play cool. I, I have the worst poker face in the universe. <laughs> I'm sure they knew exactly how much I was geeking out. Um, but yeah, no. This is w- when I got to do this one. I really wrote it as if uh, someone's gonna wise up and they're not gonna let me do another one. Like we kind of tentatively have planned to do three of these. Sure. Over the course of three years, uh-huh. uh, but there's every chance in the world that this thing will tank. <laughs> so <laughs> please <laughs> buy it. Please buy multiple copies of these <laughs> ridiculously priced uh, hardcovers uh, because I want to do a second one. Uh, but if I don't, I this one I did kind of everything in the kitchen sinks in it. So I, I really got like all my yayas out. I really got like I'm just going to write the most Doctor Who-ish Who story of all time. Um, I called in a favor. I got my buddy, who's also a huge Whovian, uh, Adam Hughes, to do his first ever Doctor Who cover. Mm -hmm. And that's a direct market cover. Um, And at one point, I was um, texting back and forth with him, um, letting him know what was in the issue for like if you wanted to put something special on the cover. Sure. Like what were all the story elements? And when i told him about the middle bit like there are characters in this story that are you know your favorite new who villains Mm -hmm. Um, and there are there are a lot of them and there are uh all new villains that me and chris jones the artist got to create you gotta do that if you're working on doctor Who. you have to create your own aliens oh yeah definitely the law (laughs) And there are two different sets of classic Doctor Who villains in here. There's some from the uh, Tom Baker era and some from the Peter Davison era Mm -hmm. are in here as well. And when I told him the bits with the Tom Baker baddies, he started freaking out. Adam Hughes was absolutely freaking out because that was his sweet spot. That That specific adventure. Oh He's really? Like favorite. So you, you know the one I'm talking about. You read yep. the PDF. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: yep. I read I read the PDF. I know which one you're talking about. And uh yeah, I could understand that.
2: Yeah. And it was like, oh, you're using those aliens. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I I just so yeah, I, I hit every kind of thing I could possibly want to do with Doctor Who um in the in this issue. That said, like if we get to the like it, in the course of this special you're going to get time travel you are going to get space travel you are going to get um classic monsters and new monsters and all new monsters um you're going to get different kinds of companions and uh, it, uh, i you'll see when you read it
0: <laughs> it's I'm, it's I'm like so, you said I, you know uh, i i can attest to the fact that uh, just like you said, you you threw everything and the kitchen sink in on this one. It, it it has everything that people can want from new series, from classic series, and in between.
2: Um. The, the, there's there's two pages in this story, and it it breaks my heart that some of them have already leaked. Uh, like, don't look, don't look at anything online. <laughs> buy, buy the comic on the day. Um, the, there's two pages that are complete nutter fan service. Mm-hmm. They, they just tick every box I haven't ticked in in the in the main story. And I love these two pages to death. They really don't progress the plot. They kind of do, but they don't. yeah. <laughs> and it was just me going Wee!
0: <laughs> Well, at the same time, I know which two pages you're talking about and was it was it I, I can understand how it would be that way for you. Was it also for the artist of that page or those two pages as well to say, here, we, uh, here's the fun I want to have. I want you to have just
2: as much fun as I am. Chris Jones nailed those two pages there. Like everything in it is so, if you're a doctor who fan, it is so accurate. He nailed everything about those pages. Definitely. Uh, Especially the backgrounds are just chef's kiss it's like you really know how much we love doctor who when you read these two pages and also uh there's tips of the hat in those two pages not just to all kinds of different things but also to big finish mm-hmm. and to doctor who comics yep like it's all fair game i, I went in i went in hard
0: <laughs> hard <laughs> I mean, and, and deep there there's a lot of deep uh, even as I was reading those two pages, it's like, oh, wow, he went to this reference and he went to, you know, this audio or you know, <laughs> it was just it, there. There's there are, there's something for everybody in this special. They're there deep cuts. But
2: that said, we really do the job that you're supposed to uh, in a Doctor Who episode where we hold your hand. And if you've never read a Doctor Who story before or watched an episode. You can be a first-time Doctor Who fan uh, and and read this. If you've never, if you if you're coming at this because you're a fan of Me and Mike Surfer Run and you heard, oh, this Doctor Who thing is similar. This is also a bit of a primer, mm-hmm. um, so you can jump into this cold. But if you are a Doctor Who fan, there uh, you got some Easter eggs waiting for you and some deep cuts. Oh, well, most definitely. Um, you know, I, I want to talk to you about the story without
0: spoiling anything. <clears throat> what, what I do like about the story is the structure that you did telling the story. Um, you, you start off kind of telling a story, which leads into another story and kind of takes us on a journey that has a resolution for both of these two stories that you start by the time you get to the end of it. Um, wibbly wobbly. Very much. Uh, was, was. <laughs> how did you come up with that idea? Was it, was it, were you trying to do
2: something wibbly wobbly and, and do something a little bit out of the, the ordinary? We, to, in my mind, the wibbly wobbly stuff is Moffat. And mm-hmm. we clearly in the, in this special, it's clearly a love letter to Russell T Davies, uh, original era. Um, especially the first two and a half seasons, three season, yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. Um, because it's a Martha story and it's continuity wise. It's about two and a half in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's a love letter to everything up to that point. Um, and if we do a, a second special, um, I, be- I believe that what the plan right now is it stands because I think they really want to focus once Gotwa debuts as the doctor that they want all print media to be about this doctor That it's is you're going to we're going to enter a whole new era of doctor who where thanks to disney plus you know if it's going to have a worldwide release there's going to be a whole streaming section of doctor who available that's never been available before for the debut of a doctor um that's it's going to be. I think it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to catapult Hudum into like whole new levels. Yeah, I totally um, agree with you. And what they really want to do is stress if you're jumping in now, this is your doctor. This is the doctor. Mm-hmm. All the past stuff happened, but let's shine a light on this guy, on this version of this character. Um, so if we do a second special it'll probably be the 15th. Um yeah. but if we get to the third special um it will probably be a big love letter to the Moffat era. Okay? And you will you will get your uh 11th doctor and 12th doctor stories in that special and it will be we already have it planned out. It'll be the most wibbly wobblyest <laughs> ish Kind of story you can do, but this our heart, our two hearts are firmly on our sleeves, and we're doing hopefully very much Russell T Davies era, Mm -hmm. which is weird because now we're back.
0: Yeah, (laughs) we're getting a second go round. Although you know, with the time that has has gone on between the first RTD era and RTD two, now I I agree with everybody else. It's going to be really interesting to see how his style has changed and how the, the show under a, a second regime of his will be different.
2: As somebody who spent like 10 years working on Spider-Man and then tur- took four years off and then came back and is doing <laughs> Spider-Man again, it's all very reminiscent. It's all like, I totally get it. It feels weird to come home again. Uh-huh. in uh, the, the
0: special that's coming out, Um, you already talked about Christopher Jones and the the two pages that we alluded to about how he knocked that out of the part. He's also kind of doing the beginning and end of your story. And then you have Matthew Dow Smith doing the, I guess, the
2: bulk of the story. Um, Um, It's very much. And I think we've, we've teased it. I don't think we're spoiling it because it's the premise of the episode Mm -hmm. uh, is the Doctor's companion it, has a Shahrazad problem. She has yeah. to tell stories uh-huh. to these aliens, and the second she tells a bad story, she will be extinguished. Yep. So it's it's every writer's greatest fear, especially when you're writing serialized fiction. The, this need to constantly keep your audience entertained. <laughs> so it is very much a writer's dilemma. So I, I yeah, this is my greatest fear. <laughs> uh, that I, I live every single week of, of 20 years. Um, and, and so what you're getting is stories on multiple levels. So there's the adventure that the doctor and Martha are having, but then there's also the adventures that Martha is telling you about. So the, the meta story is by Chris Jones. Uh-huh. And the stories within the stories are drawn by Matthew Dow Smith which is it's a fun neat visual cue almost like a filter to go ah okay now we're in the story within the story Mm -hmm. now we're in the meta story and the backup is by mike collins uh who is a doctor who storyboard artist who's been storyboarding since the eccleston era Uh uh, all the way up to present um and he is doing our we did a a short story with the ninth doctor in rose as the backup. Um so those are our our three art teams. Uh just a joy to work with everybody. Uh everyone's got so much um Doctor Who cred. I mean I, I walked in as the novice and these guys like uh, you know, here's a guy <laughs> that's been storyboarding Doctor Who since 2005 and uh uh-huh. here's uh here's Chris Jones who's drawn boatloads of Doctor Who stuff who can yep. get the likeness of any Doctor Who actor down Pat and Matthew Dow Smith, who had a wonderful run of Doctor Who. Yeah. So I got to break out all these Doctor Who pros. Uh, and that was an honor. Um this is and and we got to uh wrap the whole thing in two covers, one by Chris Jones and one by uh, my friend Adam Hughes. Yeah. The the thing I like, um there's there's a section in this one of the stories. And when Matthew Smith was going to draw it, part of the description in the plot, and like we talked about it too, I was like, this is the ultimate Doctor Who moment of all time. <laughs> this, is, this is just everything all at once. This is the way I described it in the plot uh, was if you ever got to do a painting on the side of a van, It was was Doctor Who. (laughs) This is it. Uh This is your Doctor Who van painting. (laughs) You know the exact moment I'm talking Uh about. I sure do. And it was fun that, in a weird way, Chris Jones got to do that moment too. So uh, I was really excited. (laughs) I can't talk about anything. I don't want to spoil stuff. I don't want to spoil the painting on the side of a van moment. But that's the energy we were going
0: for. Oh, that is awesome. You know, and Mike Collins, too, uh, not only was he a story bar artist, uh, he was, when when uh, the new series debuted in Doctor Who Magazine, he was the artist who did the Ninth Doctor through Christopher Eccleston's entire run in the comic strip.
1: Yep, 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 so, yep,
0: So he's like the, the guy who's kind of what has been hand-picked to do Eccleston's likeness. So, oh,
2: well, we we have in what will probably be the third special we have the uh, i'm going to do a short story in there for uh the 13th doctor with uh 13 and Yaz okay and we've got Mike you know it's like years in advance mike queued up for that <laughs> that's good mike uh, is I
0: an mike's mike. an awesome ar- artist uh, i love
2: working with mike this has been a
0: joy so yeah you've worked you know working with Christopher Jones and Matthew Smith and Mike Collins all of whom are superior artists uh in their own right but who are also huge Doctor Who fans, how much fun was it to work on this with all three of them?
2: Oh, it was a blast. Uh, it was and it was also fun that like on the kitchen sink level. Um I'm gonna give you my best damn take on all these different aspects of what makes the doctor the doctor. Mm-hmm. And it's comic, so you have to show, don't tell. And to see these guys go in and go, oh, oh, like read the script and go, oh, I see what you're doing here. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, was a joy. The, the Mike story, uh, it's, it's very weird because it's a story you can only do in comics. Yeah. It, you can't really do it. You, could, you couldn't make it a big finish story. You couldn't make it an episode of the TV show. It only works in comics. hmm that's a joy. Um, I guess you you could you could probably do it. You could what you could do it on TV if you had subtitles.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but um, I the,
2: love I love the word balloons.
0: Yeah, and uh, as you are have some, are somebody who I think does an awesome job of taking advantage of the comic medium. I'm I'm thinking back to your Ren and Stimpy days and doing the the uh, uh, Mobius strip.
2: Oh, you're thinking the the oh god, yeah! I've done the Mobius strip gag twice. Uh, so in in the Ren and Simpy era, we actually made a comic that you you cut out of the comic mm-hmm. and you assembled into a 16 foot long Mobius strip. That was a Mobius comic strip.
1: Uh huh.
2: And then later with Surfer, we did the Mobius strip on the page. Yeah, yeah. We it, did it, some weirder, cleverer bits. Um. Oh, I, I, we <laughs> but need I, to get we need to get to the second one of these specials, please. Buy <laughs> tons of this because we're gonna do. We will blow your mind with a timey wimey thing that we are doing that you could only do in comics. Uh, and I've already like befuddled my editor Jake by like walking him through it all. He's like, "We could do that." I'm like, "Yeah, only in comics. Only <laughs> Doctor Who." If we can if we can just get to that second special for 2025, uh 2024. Oh my god. Oh my god. What what year are we in? <laughs> it's the whole time I you want like, me thing is messing with you. It is. I feel like I'm the third doctor. <laughs> Am I in the 70s? Am I in the 80s? I don't know. Um uh
0: reading through this story. Uh it, it's an amazing story, it's an awesome story. I I love how the it feels like a almost like a fairy tale the way it, it's told and it's to I was I reread it tonight just before we're we're chatting and it almost feels like you're walking you're starting out at the top of a of a staircase and and you're walking down the staircase as you're reading this story to get into the heart of it and then you are walking back up another staircase to get back out of it to reach the end. Um it it I I found your the the way you did the storytelling was very intriguing, and it made for a really fun story to read.
2: We we had to do um, a I God bless Chris and Matthew uh, because we had to do some things that were pretty complicated because we had two artists doing the lead feature on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would have every now and then there would be pages where they'd be swapping panels. So you get both art styles on one page, yeah. And that took some coordinating. Um, and then you you try to do it in a clever way for Titan, so that the volume of work each guy is doing equals a page. Uh-huh. <laughs> when it comes time to pay them, <laughs> so like, okay, you're you're drawing one page of comics, but we're gonna cut it up. Into thirds. <laughs> into thirds. And so one third of it's going to be here, and two thirds will be yes. over here. <laughs> and and this is how many pages you're going to draw in thirds. This is how many pages you're going to draw in quarters. And this is how many pages you're going to draw <laughs> in halves. And it all works out for your page rate, and everything will be great. And good luck when it's time to write the vouchers. <laughs> but no, like, I, I got to work that. But that's also part of the fun. So, But it sounds complicated when I'm saying it. But our goal is it doesn't matter if it's complicated for us as long as if on the page it reads clearly and cleanly for you. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't need to know how the sausage is made. You just need to enjoy the sausage.
0: Yep. exactly. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's an an amazing story. The the backup story that Mike Collins did, uh, the only thing I want to ask and kind of tease at the same time is the... (laughs) The uh, villain or baddie that you have in there um, yep. is, is a classic one. I will say that. And I want okay. to know how big of a fan were you of this? This uh, from that era back Huge. in the day.
2: Huge, because
0: <laughs> it was uh, one okay. I was totally not expecting to see in a comic book.
2: The the, uh, the villain, the villains we use, the baddies and the backup are from the Peter Davison era. Mm-hmm. Uh so I w- the way I met the doctor was I started with robot um and I watched watched all of that but like if you watched Doctor Who in America um they would do an entire adventure in one night yep on the weekend and that takes a lot of stamina uh, especially if you're a young kid because these things were designed to be watched half hour at a time a week at a time yeah they do not play well when you jam them all together you oh my god you know with all the running in the corridors and scenes repeated and you're like Oh, please, I, let
0: me see them weekly. not only that, but uh, in Iowa, where I was at when they would show those, they wouldn't start them until ten or eleven o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night. So you would be yeah. watching, you know a six part story, which is two and a half hours in omnibus version starting at yeah. eleven pm trying to finish at 1.30 in the morning after having yeah. been to school all day long. yeah, it, it gets long um, and, and tiring we- and you start losing losing track of what's going on,
2: yeah, you, you get you get so dippy uh, <laughs> uh because of that um i could only watch them um in the summer because that's when we'd go to the east coast to visit my grandma uh they weren't airing doctor who on the west coast in pbs okay uh, so i got to like that would be my one and only time uh and because of that there i'd fall asleep mm-hmm. and i'd never find out how the arc in space ended you know yeah <laughs> You're an American, you're not gonna see this again. <laughs> um, there are all these episodes that I saw halves of, or the first two of, and there were there were ones where like I, I don't mean to be mean, but like the one there if you had a really gripping storyline, you could keep me. So I, I yeah. watched all of robot, I watched all of Genesis of the Daleks, all of uh Talents of Wen Chiang, mm-hmm. uh but there are ones where I just A Face of Evil, I watched all of that. But uh, there are all these episodes for the longest time. I was missing halves of them. Yeah. And then my family moved to England uh, right around the time of Vengeance on Barros. No, not okay. Vengeance on Barros. Uh, Leisure Hive. Sure. Uh, so I started with Leisure Hive where I could watch it uh, as a teenager. I could watch it like once a week on TV and it was perfect. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm in. I'm all in. And then I got caught up by uh, every weekend uh, going to Forbidden Planet in London and buying all the Target novelizations. Oh, sure. And I, I started with an unearthly child, and I got all the way caught up mm-hmm. to uh, the key, of, key to Time series. And then I was good to go. I understood the continuity. I understood all the pieces that I, I was missing. Um, so I really got to watch the Tom Baker era from Leisure Hive to the end. Okay. So, uh, Legopolis. Um, and it was only um, with Peter Davidson. It was the first time I got to watch a doctor from start to finish. Okay. So, in a weird way, he kind of became my doctor. Uh huh. Because I got to see all of his stuff. Yeah. So, without having to jump knew, around. Yep. So, I totally knew I was going to use a, a Peter Davidson era villain. Okay. Uh, for stuff. Oh. <laughs> there, there, uh, are th- there are big hits that I haven't hit yet. Um in this. Like I, I haven't used uh I haven't used the Weeping Angels. I haven't used The Master. Um yeah. there's all kinds of guys I haven't used. So there's still plenty of uh fruit to pick from the tree. Um plenty of toys in the toy box for you to play with. Yeah. So I'd please, please buy boatloads of this. Well. <laughs> the sales have to merit me uh titan hiring me again
0: <laughs> well I, I i totally enjoyed the story i've read it twice now and uh, i've enjoyed it uh just as much the second time as the first i i i get one final question for you um okay in in the in the book there's like a one-page interview with you where uh, you kind of talk about how you fell in love with dr who and and um I, I didn't even think about it the, the first time around, but the second time, I like those of us who are geeks here in the United States definitely know you from your work on Spider Man and Fantastic Four and Iron Man and She Hulk and stuff. But I was wondering if Titan put that interview in, one again, it gets us to get to know you a little bit better, but also. Did they put that in for, like, over in England, yes, everybody knows who Spider-Man is, and they get American comics over there. But for those people who are bu- going to be buying this as a new, you know, as as maybe a Doctor Who fan who goes, oh, look, you know, this the new series is starting up. Here's a Doctor Who hardcover. Uh, maybe they mistake it for the annual that they normally get, which actually just came out over there. Uh, is this uh, kind of trying to give you street cred with the with the the Brits as to why you should be somebody who be,
2: should be writing a doctor Who story um I, I I'm very grateful <laughs> that there have been wonderful Americans like Jody Houser who have have already like you know blazed the path forward and go it's okay if the person's an American uh-huh it's okay <laughs> fine don't worry, we're not writing the television show you're safe. Uh huh. perfectly fun. <laughs> well, you know it, the the like I said the story
0: and without spoiling anything it's a, it's a wonderful story. I I could tell by reading this that it's something that um you definitely had a fun time doing. I think it it felt like a story that I I think when you and I first talked and you were talking about your work on Silver Surfer and how this was kind of your your love letter to Doctor Who. And I think I asked you at that point in time if you had any Doctor Who stories to tell. And you seem to allude to the fact that all your Doctor Who stories were basically all these Silver Surfer stories. So it, it, to me, this feels like you definitely said, oh, now I actually get to have the fun and enjoyment of telling a Doctor Who story that is an official Doctor Who story. And oh, that, I- that enjoyment comes through in, in your storytelling. 10,000%, uh,
2: like... It's one thing to write the surfer and dawn because and to go, oh, it's the doctor and a companion. But mm-hmm. it's not. It's it's not the doctor and a companion. And the the surfboard is not the TARDIS. Yeah. And you have to be true to Silver Surfer lore and to the character. Um, so that the the doctor the love of Doctor Who and that feel of it is there. But you're clearly in the Marvel universe and you're clearly with the pantheon of Marvel characters uh, that Surfer runs into. Mm -hmm. Um, It it is what it is. Um, But this is Doctor Who. This is, you know, Once Upon a Time Lord, this special. This is me getting to open a vein and just write (laughs) Doctor! It's the Doctor! And Uh the companion and Oh my god, of course, you know, it's it's I just getting a chance to write like the the backup, the tick the box with the Eccleston Doctor mm-hmm. was great. And getting to do this romp with um with with the David Tennant doctor, the tenth doctor, is just what a dream come true. and and to hit all the bases. Like one of my favorite episodes is girl in the fireplace because it has time travel and space travel Uh-huh. and it has a uh, you know interesting monsters and a, a good story that it's you you can give that to someone who's never seen doctor who before and having watched that one episode they get it this yeah. is what this is the the length and breadth of everything this character can do in one episode and by doing the stories within the stories you know the first story is very much a space story and the second story is very much uh a time story and the third is something different
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> So it's all, <laughs> it's all very fun um yeah uh, I, I i love that we got to do this to promote it uh it felt so weird dancing around the raindrops avoiding spoilers um, <laughs> October 24th, give this a shot. Even if you've never uh, watched or read Doctor Who before, uh, you're, what you're going to get is you're going to get a book about this beloved character where everybody working on this book, everybody, man and woman and child, uh, is just, we love this character so much. Um Basically we all got paid to write and draw our fanfic. So uh I hope you like.
0: Yeah, I I I totally enjoyed it and uh I'm I can guarantee anybody who's a Doctor Who fan or a comic book fan is going to enjoy this story as well. And uh Dan, I want to thank you so very much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me and uh I look forward to uh not only getting my hands on a, a, a physical copy of this book, but also uh, seeing how well this sells so that way we get another story from you again next year.
2: That would be a great treat. Uh, thank you, Doctor Who panel to panel. Everyone watch, listen to the podcast nonstop. Play it on a loop.
0: <laughs> thank you, Dan. <laughs> Much appreciated.
2: Oh, Thank you, Jeremy.
0: Many, many thanks to my friend Dan Slot for joining me on this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. It's always a pleasure to chat with Dan. He's so full of energy and he is so passionate about the things that he loves, whether it be Spider Man or Silver Surfer or Doctor Who. In this case, you know he will talk your ear off about Doctor Who, and uh, I think his enthusiasm for Doctor Who as one of his favorite uh, fantasy characters is something that shines through in. The Doctor Who story that he puts forth in Once Upon a Time Lord. So like I said early on, make sure you check this out. Make sure you buy this, this graphic novel when it comes out. I got mine pre-ordered uh, not only from Amazon, but I also got the Adam Hughes cover ordered from my comic shop. So I'm getting a couple copies just to put on my bookshelf, and uh, I know whenever I grab that, I can look through and just see how much Dan and the uh, the art crew enjoyed doing this story, and I, I think you will enjoy it just as much, if not more, than I do. So, uh, before I round out this episode, I want to talk about a couple things real quick. One, I want to talk about the new episode of Doctor Who magazine. This is the first issue uh, that is edited by the the new editor-in-chief, Jason Quinn. I think you can definitely tell this is it's still the same Doctor Who magazine, but he has already, I think, put his stamp on this uh, this property Or on the, the magazine itself Seeing a, an interview a, a multi-page interview with Dan Slott Who is somebody who is Doing a Doctor Who comic for Titan Comics was, To me was something special How often do you see an interview With an American Doctor Who writer In Doctor Who magazine Hardly ever Not only that but the the multi-page article about the, the the Magic the Gathering Doctor Who expansion that is coming out—it's right around the corner, folks. Um, that was something I would never expected to see in Doctor Who magazine. So those two features alone, I think, showed me that Jason is willing to go a little bit outside the normal Doctor Who magazine range. Um, one other thing I noticed, it might have been just me, but one of the things I tend to kind of overlook when I read Doctor Who Magazine is all the different product reviews or the reviews they do at the end, whether it be big finish audios or novels or what have you. Um, I'm somebody who I hardly ever read a review because if I find something that's even mildly interesting to me, I'm going to go out and buy it or uh, download a copy or, or partake in it myself and form my own opinion. I really don't have anybody that I go to and say, what did you think of this in order to determine whether or not I'm going to read or, or listen to it. And to me, it almost feels like the, for a while, Dr. Magazine has been, uh, there's been a lot of reviews and stuff in the back of the magazine. It's almost like the final quarter or third of the magazine. I don't even touch because it's all reviews. Well, in this issue, as I was going through, it almost felt like there's just as many reviews, but they take up less space. They're shorter. So they're, they're, we get more feature stuff and, and stuff that I enjoy reading in Doctrine Magazine as opposed to those reviews in the back that I tend to skip over. So um, if, if I'm not sure if that's exactly the case, at least that's how it felt to me, but I think with this first issue from Jason Quinn and company, I think that uh, we're in for a treat in his run as editor of Doctrine Magazine, and I hope... Uh, you are along for the ride like I am. And finally, this might be a little kind of off-topic, but it, trust me, I'll bring it back around. Um, I am not only a fan of Doctor Who, I'm a fan of other science fiction and stuff. I'm a fan of Star Trek. I'm a fan of Star Wars. I'm a fan of The X-Files. Um, and here in Minnesota this past weekend, uh, as I record this, there was a big 30th anniversary convention for The X-Files called File Fest, And... Since it was 15 minutes away from my house, of course I wanted to go. So I went and enjoyed myself immensely. It was a very well-run, kind of small, fan con- fan-run fan convention. However, the thing that I enjoyed most about this convention was that there were so many X-Files fans there that I chatted with. Or uh, more specifically, after the convention was over that went on Twitter or on social media and talked about how great it was that they were able to spend a weekend with other X Files or you know fans and talk X Files with them and just enjoy each other's company and how great it was that they don't feel so alone that they're the only X Files fan that they know. They're the only person who loves this program that has, you know, started thirty years ago. And as I was talking to these people and, and reading their comments and stuff, I had to smile and kind of laugh to myself about how those of us who are fans of other genres, and for, uh, more specifically Doctor Who, know exactly what these people are talking about as far as feeling like they're kind of exiled and they're alone in their love for the specific program. Uh, lucky for us as Doctor Who fans, not only has Doctor Who been around twice as long as the X-Files, but... There is a huge fandom for Doctor Who, um, and we have multiple conventions per year, whereas X-Files, this was the first con- X-Files convention in quite some time, in in multi- multiple years. And so they don't have that luxury that us Doctor Who fans have of having Gallifrey One and Chicago TARDIS and Long Island Who to go to every year. Plus, what other... Um, Sci-fi program Well, I guess Star Trek and Star Wars But Doctor Who has so much going for it In way of multimedia You know, not only do we have A a new TV show coming up Starting up again uh, We've had a TV show since 2005 We have books, we have audios We have comics Um, X-Files people aren't quite so lucky So I just wanted to Say thank you all For listening and downloading this podcast There's not very many other fandoms where I could do a podcast about an offshoot tangent media property of a beloved sci-fi character or sci-fi program and have people listen to it. So thank you all for going along with me on this ride. Thank you for downloading this episode and previous episodes. I hope you enjoy what you're listening to. Please let other Doctor Who fans know about it. And until next time, this is Jeremy Bement saying bye. Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who Comics, thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who Comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel to Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2 being the number 2, and online at Whocomics.com. Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org.
1: Just search for Doctor Who panel to panel. Thank you.